everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast. I am your host, Brodinky. With me, as always, is my good friend, Schmidt. Schmitty, what's going on this week? Not a whole lot, my friend. How are things doing with you? Uh, really good. It was a really good week. Just a lot of hanging out with the kids. Not too much stress. Uh, really focusing on the content creation. I, I thought I put out some pretty funny stuff this week. So all yes. in all, a pretty good week overall. How about yourself? Yeah, man, it's been uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, I got another big business trip lined up for next week, so I'll be back out on the road. Uh, but things are going, things are going well. So it's uh, it's nice and exciting, and uh, you know, getting ready to get back out there. But recording another episode today, so couldn't be more excited. Very good, very good. And we got some exciting stuff coming up today. Not only did we get some exciting news, especially from a camp that you're very fond of. But we also have somebody <laughs> joining us tonight, which we will get to. I'll try to try to skip through the business end of this real quick so we don't trim off too much time. But I thought we had to probably touch on the Volcane Revolution second second collab because we talked about it last time. Yeah, it's kind of. It, yeah, we touched on it. We, we didn't really know what it was going to be. Uh, and then it dropped, albeit maybe a day early. Yeah, I can never tell if it's a day early because I don't know if they if they're counting the time zone change time maybe? zones, right? So I don't know if it's maybe if it's technically after like if they're if they're playing with the international dateline or not. Like if it if it counts that it's because the, the first people who get the new day are that whole area of like Australia and the, the islands to the east of that. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean I get that, but I but think But I'm saying so like if it's if it's if it's the day there, do they just say to hell with it? We drop it or no, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> I try to figure it out myself. I don't know. I, I, I as far as I understand, most brands that, that 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 I know of have done uh, embargoes or press releases or something like that. They they create a universal time. So typically in Switzerland, you know, from the U.S., it's, you know, depending on where you're at, five hours, six hours. Uh, I think for me, it's six hours. So they will launch the product in that respective time zone and then simultaneously release it in all subsequent time zones, regardless okay. of what time it's at. Okay. So we kind of got the release of this watch on January 25th, which we all had known from the social media advertisements was supposed to be January 26th. Right. Um, yeah, that was a, I think a little bit of some moon swatchiness happening over there. <laughs> Well, I was wondering if that was that or maybe it was intentional because, you know, the the Omega drop was coming out the next day and you don't really want to try to battle headlines with something that they're teasing that hard. I, I, but, I mean, I, I get it, but you had already leaned into like that was going to be your drop. Oh, no so, doubt. It looks dumb. But what? <laughs> so whether it was a mistake and somebody released it too soon or it was, uh, you know, the brand pivoting to, to like, oh, crap, we're not going to compete with Omega. Let's release this early. Uh, they've released it. So here we have it. Um, what do you think? I mean, it's all right. It's, it's a cricket. We like the cricket. Um, we put up a, a little poll just to kind of take the temperature of the room. I don't think everybody was that impressed. Uh, for better or worse, I think we could describe it as it's got sort of the Vulcan hand symbol dead smack in the middle of the handset. And yeah. it has uh, it's usually a funky color. And then the tip of the I think it's the alarm hand is the same color. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Um, it's all right. I don't know if I love it. It's cool. It's 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 okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think it's a cool watch from the novelty aspect. If you're a Star Trek fan or, or somebody that grew up watching that and it's, you know, kind of a romantic thing for you, then I say go for it. You know, it's a cool watch. It's uh it's nice to see Volcane doing something that's a little bit more fun, especially with with second second. So, you know, they're doing some funky stuff. But for me, all in all, it's not my personal favorite. I would have loved to see them incorporate the the Vulcan hand symbol in kind of a different way than just the the second hand where it kind of spins around. It, it just feels like something's missing to me uh, when I look at it visually. But that's just a it's a minor gripe. Don't let that don't let that dissuade you from going out and getting it if you really do like it. So uh, go check it out. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where I I didn't know what to expect, and so from that <laughs> aspect, I yeah, I didn't want I don't want to say I looked at it and was like this is it, but like I didn't I didn't know what I was expecting. Like they had such a fun bunch of little teasers and all these little funky ads. I I really didn't know where to place it. So I didn't know to expect something crazy or something sort of just nuanced and you know they gave us something a little more subtle yeah and not that that's better or worse i just i just think it was uh you know when you when you drum it up like that you, you kind of get people's minds going and yeah and and and, and again you know one thing that's interesting is they never really as far as i saw in any of the communication it never really talked about it being related to star trek yeah it was just kind of like volcane vulcan you know, let's just roll with it and, you know, kind of use like an emoji to, to represent it. Because I don't know if this is even officially licensed by Star right. Trek. Yeah, that's always tough. You know, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of interesting because it's IP technically, potentially. I don't know. But, I mean, maybe that's another aspect that we haven't considered. Maybe these watches will be super desirable if, you know, Star Trek decides to put a, put a shebang on them, you know? <laughs> true, true. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I actually... uh I wound up going to Red Bar this week and I actually saw somebody had a, I think it was an Air King with a second, second hand on it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's, it was like that's a, what, that was kind of the first thing he started doing. Yeah, it was like that pixelated sword hour hand. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, it was just neat to see it and people are like, what is this? And I was like, please, let me explain. <laughs> you know, felt very aficionado. But, yeah, uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. But very cool. plugged in yeah but it's it's cool you know it's like a cool little thing that if you know about it you're like oh i know what that is right like yeah so uh aside from that a release i know you're probably very very excited about right um we got now can you confirm is this spirate or spirate it's i think it's spirate because it's uh apparently according to the articles i read it's a mixture of words between spiral and rate so to me, that okay. would indicate spirate. Okay, spirate. So it's not spirate. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with Somali pirates, for the record. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, so I guess why don't you take us through this one because you're going to be up on it as anybody. I mean, so so I think for a lot of people, this was kind of a surprising launch. Uh, in many ways, I myself was also surprised just from the yeah. fact that I didn't really know what to expect from from the teaser photos that that Omega leaked. You know, about three weeks ago now. And I think all of us were kind of hoping for something a little bit more substantial in terms of what we thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of people assumed that it was going to be a high frequency movement or, um, you know, a, a new dark side of the moon collection because this is a 10 year anniversary for that. But one thing I don't think a lot of people considered, myself included, was a celebration of the 10 year anniversary for Omega's anti-magnetic technology. 
And that's really what this new watch is coming in to do. So this is a Speedmaster. It's part of the racing collection. And it's a new model. You guys have already seen it by now, I'm sure, called the Super Racing. Uh, it is a new timepiece that they've used, a brand new technology for Omega and for the watch industry itself uh, called Spirate technology. And essentially what this does is it allows a watchmaker or a technician at an Omega store, apparently, uh, be able to fine-tune the silicon hairspring in a way to give realistically an unparalleled level of accuracy for a mechanical timepiece. Yeah. Um, I mean, you tell me, bro, you're a Grand Seiko guy. What's the average, you know, kind of seconds per day for, for a spring drive? Spring drive is plus or minus one. Plus or minus one second a day. Yep. And that's with a quartz oscillator. And that's insane. So to yeah. put this into context, because that's what I had, I had, you know, done my research and that's kind of what I wanted to confirm because I know you are the GS guy. Mm -hmm. This is a mechanical watch that will be calibrated to zero to two seconds a day. I saw that. So... We're talking an insane level of accuracy. And basically what the Spirate system does is it allows the technician to, to fine-tune the hairspring by changing its stiffness. Um, because one of the, the best things about, about silicon hairsprings is they're incredibly shock-resistant. They're, they're impervious to, to temperature fluctuations because they're not metallic. Right. They can't be magnetized because they're not metallic. So there's right. a lot of great things about it. The problem with with uh, silicon hairsprings is you really can't adjust them up and down the way that you can do a traditional metal alloy hairspring, right? And that was always a big complaint from a lot of traditional watchmakers is they can't repoise the hairspring. They can't adjust it. They can't tweak it in a way that gives them a little bit different accuracy. You can do that with metal. But the problem with metal is the other three factors, right? Shock. Uh, it's not anti-magnetic. It's not temperature resistant. It's going to be an influence. So there's going to be a trade-off. So what I think Spirate really does is it allows for a finer tune, fine-tuning adjustment of the hairspring itself by a watchmaker to give you kind of more of that that attribute of of adjusting a metal hairspring, but in doing so, not sacrificing anti-magnetic properties, not sacrificing shock resistance or temperature resistance. Um, and this is going to basically allow the oscillator, the balance wheel, to breathe and and, and oscillate in a more concentric way which is going to give you better accuracy for longer periods of time. And, you know, this is not an inexpensive watch. I think it's 11,000 us. Yeah. Uh, it's a few thousand dollars more or so than the current Speedmaster racing. That is master chronometer certified as well. Um, it's not a small amount of money, but I think in terms of what it's going to mean for the industry, it's a big leap as much as it may have been the surprise to a lot of people, again, myself included, what this does technologically for, for Omega is just further push them away from everybody else. And for me, this is important because when you have brands like a Tudor that's coming out with a master chronometer movement, right? Yep. And they're selling it. This is just up in the ante that now, okay, yeah, you came out with master chronometer. Well, now we're already on master chronometer this and master chronometer this. And oh, by the way, we've created master chronometer with this technology in it. It's pushing that level away and widening the gap further and further and further away. So although this isn't what I thought it was going to be, I'm pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised? I'm pleasantly surprised that Omega is continuing to, to push the levels of accuracy and, and even better themselves from where they were already you know, a few years ago. Yeah, and now follow me here. Um, you know, I might just be 
grasping at straws, but with the name being Spyrate and all, and everybody always griping that Bond has never worn a Speedmaster. You know, I'm just throwing it out there. This might be a, a fun candidate for a Bond watch. <laughs> you know, I, I, I sort of think so, but I think I think the biggest hang-up on the franchise, you know, honestly, and why they probably don't want to put him in the Speedmaster is just the fact that historically um the sbs the 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 royal air force the royal navy they were actually issued omega seamasters so no, i know that and it's it's too much it, it cannibalizes their marketing anyway at that point Al- although although felix lighter in no time to die wore speedmaster racing interesting yeah there was actually a lot of a lot of auxiliary omega watches in that movie that a lot of people didn't know very interesting i didn't know that all righty so with that out of the way we will uh get to our main topic here tonight and we actually like i said we have a guest with us uh we have Hame watch co with us and i guess rather than me going on and on i guess i will let them take it away why don't you introduce yourself sort of the brand and uh what type of watches you make and what are your what are your goals i guess overall bro Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I get into that. Uh, for, well, first off, everyone, my name is Zakir. I'm the owner, founder, mastermind behind Hame Watch Company. Uh, small micro brand based in Chicago started off in 2020. And the beginning of 2023, here we are, and I'm on the verge. Well, this will come out on Monday, right? Yes. But as of Monday, I would have officially uh, announced the new model. So before I get into all that, I have a question that's just been burning at the back of my mind. All right, let's go. Reverse it. <laughs> what's interview. the purpose behind, what's the concept or the meaning behind wrist jeans? Are you talking <laughs> about like when you just wear your watch and it gets gunk on the inside? Or? Right. So that's the, that's the formal meaning of the term wrist cheese. Right. And so our kind of our joke in naming the show that was, this wasn't going to be just your typical show of you know, a, a guest in an interview every episode, and we're going to talk about, you know, the latest stuff that's on Hodinkee and this and that. It's going to be sort of whatever we want to talk about. It's going to be, you know, we're not going to be afraid to just say what's on our minds, say like things that we feel about, whether it's the industry or the landscape or give honest opinions about watches. I Like we, we honestly, I think I'm going to speak for both of us here. I think we feel like there's a little bit of sugarcoating that goes on because people never really yeah. want to upset other people and you don't want to put damage potential brand collaborations or partnerships or, you know, put a negative tone on anything. And look, I get it. I, I don't want to mess up anybody's business or anything either. Like I'm not trying to sit here and ding people's watches so that people don't buy them. But if something's not a hit for me, I'll tell people it's not a hit for me. If it might be for you, it's not a big deal, but we've always tried to kind of give that unfiltered, aspect of things and so that's where we we came up with the idea of the name wrist cheese radio you know an alternate nickname could be horological smegma (laughs) (laughs) that is that is something i guess i guess that is a way to go (laughs) ever since i heard wrist cheese that is what came to my mind and it's just burning it's been burning a hole in my brain so kind of i'm happy just to get that off my chest so now we can (laughs) move forward if we ever have to rebrand, I'm gonna. There we go. I'm gonna put that one in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That'll be the first pick. You yeah, so, it here, you know, I, yeah, so I started this brand in 2020. Initially, it was a passion project, and I wanted to make a watch for myself. I've been into watches for as long as I know. I've been collecting watches, and you know, I'm an active 
member in the watch collecting community also. I have my own collection and so on. So I wanted to actually make something for me. That was all. Everything started off as a concept for me. I didn't have any intention that anybody else would want one or even wear one outside of me. And when I started showing it off and I finally just got it to the point where I wanted to prototype. And after I made prototypes, I've shared it with some friends and the first or the first question I've received the response was, well, how, how do I get one? Enough of that where I decided, you know what, let's, let's try it out. Let's turn it up. Let's try it out. I'm not, at, I'm not at the point where I quit my day job yet, but hey, uh, we're st still going. And, you know, just throughout the past couple of years, I've been chatting with other brand owners and whatnot, and they've all said the same thing. Look, you know, the traction doesn't really necessarily kick in until year four. Yeah. The first that. four years, it's just, it's a grind. It yeah. is a grind. Uh, right now, I mean, everything, say, for example, whatever I've invested in starting up and whatnot, I don't have an angel investor or nothing. It's me out of my own pocket. Yeah. So now yeah. the goal is just to recoup. And once you can recoup from there, then you can see about scaling and kicking things up a notch. So sure. um, that's what ended up happening with the brand. I, the passion project brought it to life. And now I just continue to share visions that I have when it comes to watch design and such and, and things that I want to wear personally. And you sort of did the uh, Anacar where you flipped your last name, right? Yeah. For the brand name. So Anacar, so I always I looked at. Up, well, I wanted to come up when I came up with the name for the brand. I wanted it to be a namesake brand. And I just wasn't feeling the way my last name sounded on a dial. So my wife was, in all of her wisdom, she was just like, hey, it's not that. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, here we are. But then afterwards, once I did all the marketing and the go-to and everything, then people started commenting about a, a, a three-sister band. And for me, I'm like, I've never heard of them. I can't, I don't listen to that type of music. I can't tell you anything about them. I can tell you about the RZA, Jizza, Inspector Beck. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. That's great. No, that's um, cool, though. Um, I, I've already, I've, I've gone too far off the deep end at this point. I'm not going to walk it back. However, I do have future plans for the brand where I will, I will, a goal of mine is to actually do a sub-brand with my last name. So one would be with the flip backwards and one would be as, as it is. However, that one would be a different approach as far as the pieces go. Mm, nice. But, you know, right now it's all a concept in my head and it really, it's just a matter of growing what I have now before I can even venture into it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and so right now you have what two main models? Yeah, so I have uh, I started off with the first model, which is a chronograph, and I know a lot of brands kick in with a diver watch. Yeah, that's kind of the first thing. Hey, right? let's do a diver watch, and let's do five hundred meters of water resistance. <laughs> so, uh, personally, it's just something that's not my style. So I again, it was for me. The whole thing was, hey, you know what? What's for me? I we personally, my I favor more. Uh, some integrated pieces, but outside outside of that, I favor more chronographs than dress watches, which is kind of where I've decided to start off at. I wanted to do a chronograph, something where I specific uh, features that I have on my design that I did not see elsewhere. I just kind of wanted to put it together, which I did. Yeah. And then I decided, hey, I want to come up with a sport watch, not I'm somewhat toying in the dive category space, but not a diver. I right. wanted 
to be a watch that you can wear anywhere, whether you're at the beach in the water or if you go out to dinner. So that is the Descent. That one comes with uh, two straps, leather and silicone. You can switch them out as you need. They both have quick release. But even when you check out the dial, the finishing on it, it's very dressy. Yeah, so it has two it is. patterns of finishing on it. And I wanted it to be, again, because if you're wearing that a bit more dressed up in a more formal set- setting, it would be appropriate. Whereas when you throw it on a silicone or whatever a utility strap you have and you're out in the water or somewhere else with it, it is very functional too. Yeah. And that's something I feel I did something that I have not seen before. When you talk about the bezel, the bezel combines both the dive timer and a GMT in one. So if you're on, on vacation, you could use it to track a second time zone. And again, the whole, the whole purpose was, hey, one watch for everything. What yeah. can I come up with? Yeah. So that line, that, that family is going to stay. And ultimately, I'll come up with uh, minute changes here and there, some dial updates, some different dial colors. But ultimately, I want to keep uh, the entire essence of it. I want to keep it as is. As far as the chronograph, that family is called a legacy. And right now, um, as of Monday, the 30th or today, if this is when it's out, I would have formally announced the L2, which is the second generation of the legacy family. And the L2, what I've been doing so far is I've been showing off all the components bit by bit. So I started ah. off by sharing, by sharing the case because I wanted to show the amount of detail that's gone into each and every part. The casing itself, uh, the finishing on it, whether when you check it out, you see the you see the polished finishing around the bezel. Then you see the brush finishing, finishing on the side, the flat case back, the tapered down hugs. So when you wear it on your wrist, it hugs really nice. and for me, a big challenge I have is I have a small wrist. My wrist is six and a quarter. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my wrist is six and a quarter inches. I couldn't help myself. Sorry. So okay. six and a quarter inches. And now I have to worry about a watch that I can wear. Because if I come out with, say, a 42 millimeter Invicta-ish design or something, I wouldn't wear it. I yeah. personally would not wear it, and it would make no sense for me to try to release a watch that I myself wouldn't wear. And so with the L2, it's another chronograph, the second generation. I've made a handful of changes. Uh, the first move, the first iteration of it was running a Siegel ST19. I've decided to scale it down from an ST19 to a VK64. And the reasoning behind it is, one, again, I don't have an in-house movement facility. I'm not producing yeah movements myself i can't compete with say what with what omega just released i no. can't compete because i don't have the capability however i do have full autonomy on the case design as well as the dial design so that's where i put all of my magic or emphasis dial or design emphasis into and with the movement i wanted to accomplish a few things one i wanted to make the watch to be as textured as my traditional design language has been so far this dial itself is three different layers Mm -hmm. So I wanted to keep that uh, traditional uh, design language, but also make it thin. How do I accomplish still making it thin? And for a chronograph, this one comes in at 10.8 millimeters. Case and all, top to bottom. Thin. Rather that thin. is super for, thin. Rather that thin is super for a chronograph. Thin. So if I went with a mechanical movement, it would push it at 14 minimum. Yeah. And I really don't want, I didn't want that. I want this to be a watch that, again, all purpose, you can wear it anywhere, whether with your t-shirt and jeans or 
boardroom meeting out to dinner, if you have to wear it under a shirt cuff, it fits perfectly. Yeah. Now, do so, you think do you think you would ever? Uh, I mean, I know you said you, you're you're doing the the VK movement now. Would you ever do kind of maybe a small production of, of Mechanicals again in the future? I I do. I have some I have some plans in my head because you know, as what I've learned uh, since starting this whole venture is when you prototype a watch or when you come up with a concept, from the time a watch is announced, it wasn't thought of. A, I mean, it was thought of over a year ago. Yeah. 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 So it takes that much time to do all the rendering, the prototyping, the tooling, if you're doing, because again, I'm not doing something where I'm buying a watch off a shelf and stamping the name on it. Yeah. Like I am not doing that. Everything you see here is original from the, from the sketching, from the AutoCAD designs, and just from the renders, from the case tooling, it's all original stuff. And that takes time. So by the time this watch is announced, it would have, it would have been thought about over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have plans where I'm thinking ahead and what I actually wanted to do, because the feedback on the dials, I've already released on, on, on my socials, I've released mm -hmm. the four different dials already and the feedback for all four have been phenomenal. Yeah. I've been told that, hey, each one has been a home run. I've been told that I've outdone myself. So... <laughs> well, I mean, the dial colors are amazing. I'm not going to lie. So, you, I mean, for just going through here, what I see is we kind of have, you know, it's it's kind of like a 1930s, 1940s style dial, almost a little sector-ish, but you have a brushed silver with what looks like some some gold indices. Yep. Then uh, you have a pink, salmon pink. Oh, that's beautiful. Salmon pink. Very, and then very nice. probably my personal favorite is this like turquoise aqua color. Yeah, Which, so that one is called Aqua Ocean. That is just such an awesome color. I'm not going to lie. I love I can this tell you color. This. It was just on vacation, and I was in Panama. I was wearing this watch on the beach. If there ever was a watch that would epitomize summer or make you yeah. think about summer, it's this Aqua Ocean dial. Uh, it's I have beautiful. some pictures against the actual ocean background. I will. I I'll start posting those, and it's just gorgeous. Like yeah. this watch, when you stare at this watch, the first thing you think about are palm trees and linen shirts. Yep, yep, yep. It is. It is it, like when I think about the when I think about the salmon, and when I think about the 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 aqua ocean, I just think Miami Vice. Like it's just kind of the vibes that I'm picking <laughs> up, and and I love that. I I think I think the numerals is are great as well. I like the fact that on this one. You went with this kind of the simple, you know, 12 Roman and then the regular indices on the salmon. You kind of have the brigade style numerals, which is very attractive to me. It's a little bit cleaner of yeah, a look. And fair. I think the last one that you have here also has brigades, which is like a dark midnight. Dark navy blue. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful right here, for me. It's a it's a dress watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, if I had to choose one of these, if I had to wear something with a suit, it would be this one. Definitely. So the colors uh, again. This one would be uh, I call this one Gray Glacier. God, I can't I can't find the camera for some reason. <laughs> so this one's Gray Glacier. The salmon one is pink gold. Pink gold, yeah, yeah. You know we love a pink watch on this show. We do, we right? do. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I was thinking about something when we because you know you guys with the charities you support and whatnot and yep. the fundraisers. I want to give you guys one pink gold once I get everything produced. Once it goes uh... into production. 
want to right. donate one and just and support your cause. That's wow. Amazing. When That's uh, amazing. thank you. When are you expecting those? So right now what I'm doing is I just started. So since it's just announced, I'm going to spend the next few weeks just doing promo. I will do all the promo right now. And then I'm going to open up pre-sale. I'll open up pre-sale and possibly I, so what I did with the initial, I wanted to see the response I would get. So with the legacy, I see in the descent, I did go through, I ran through Kickstarter mm-hmm. and I, what I've realized is it's not necessarily about raising the funds. But it's a mar- it's the marketing reach. Yeah, like, yeah that's true. I, without them, without them, I would not have been able to reach customers in the UAE, in South Korea, in New Zealand, in Australia, like just across places that I wouldn't have done. Because again, small brand, I don't have a marketing budget, so yeah. there are no marketing funds. So yeah, everything- you are the marketing budget, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, so with Kickstarter, it served as a marketing service in that sense. So yeah. I initially will, for this model, I'm going to open up free sales initially just through the website because I am still toying with the numbers. But what I'm going to be doing is offering all four watches as a bundle. They'll come in a four watch roll, but oh, it'll nice. be all four dials. And it's just going to be at a very attractive price point. So for the straps, I am talking with the final and details with the partner. So they will be very high quality handmade straps. And actually, I'll just I'll say the name. So I've been in conversations with Deluxe. Oh, very nice. Oh, nice. Very we nice. love him. We all, love him. If all goes well and everything works out. Yep. So if all goes well and everything works out, then all the straps for the L2 will be co-branded with him. That's excellent. Oh, that's, that is such a great partner to have. His straps are phenomenal. We've A1. talked about him on the oh, show many times. A1. I use him personally. So yeah, I, he's... And, also, I'm a huge proponent of customization. You know, I feel like whatever strap that the brand chooses, you can always jazz it up and give it your own flavor. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Because everybody's everybody's different. Your skin tone is different. Um, just your preference is different. So, you know, there's going to be a strap that may cater more to your tastes versus what and, the manufacturer or and, what the and, and didn't he come out with a nice turquoise blue, very similar to your dial color strap, I think? I have that strap actually, and I did pair it together. I, okay. for me personally, so for yeah. me personally, it was just too much turquoise. I had okay, that that <laughs> bro. That strap with the pink gold dial, it is a winning combo. Yeah, I wear it on this the uh, Grand Seiko. Okay, it's a winning combo. But uh, for the Aqua Ocean, I'm actually because what I the accents and the hands are in gunmetal. Yeah. So, so you're going with the gray. So it's a dark cuter, so it pairs yeah. well with the aqua background. Yeah. So the strap itself would be a dark gray. I think that yeah, makes I think, sense. I think that that's solid. Yeah. That, for sense. for most people, the dial itself is already a little bit of a of a of a right. a jump in color. So you yeah. kind of have to mute it down. Me, uh, I'd go all in and I'd go turquoise on turquoise, but that's just me. Yeah, but well, you you could probably carry it off too. So, I. I feel like all watches are unisex at this point. Yeah. But if I had to pick one out of these four that I feel would gravitate towards both uh, sexes equally, it would be the Aqua Ocean one. Yeah, I could yeah, see that for definitely. sure. So For sure. But yeah, so the L2, I, again, 10.8 millimeters thick. It's 38 millimeters top to bottom. I redesigned the case. That mm-hmm. is where I could put all of my design language and give it that extra oomph. So from the case itself, polished and brushed edges, chamfered, there's chamfered edges all over from the bezel nice. down to the lugs, down to even to the pushers. 
So check out the side profile. I don't know if you could see. Oh yeah, for sure. No, it's very obvious. And the back, it's a flat case back. I don't want to. It's the one thing I. It's very hard trying to do something original. It's pretty hard. Yeah. In this space, because you know everybody's drawing inspiration from something, but I am a firm believer of there's a difference between drawing inspiration versus plagiarism. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, absolutely. Like I, you know, I I try not to be petty. But if I ever decided or if I ever got to that point where I felt I felt that I wanted to do a spoof video about some of their brand, some of these brands marketing campaigns about how they get their design inspiration, it would be somebody sitting with a clipboard, tracing paper, and a picture of another watch underneath it. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> enough of them, right? There's enough of those brands to go around. <laughs> well, there are. And that's something I'm trying to avoid. Now, yeah, and I feel now with the four models in right now, I've managed to not copy anybody, and I feel that okay. If I'm running out of ideas, I will probably go a year without releasing anything versus just trying to keep something in market every single year. Yeah, is there anybody you do draw inspiration from? I can tell you my top three personal favorite brands. And I don't know if you'll see any parallels there, but my my number one personal favorite brand is Alondo Lusana. Okay. Uh, my second, and these are both ties between Patek Philippe and FP Jewelry. I would have guessed Patek based on your design somewhat. I just got a very Patek vibe from it. But uh, yeah, but the I mean, all three great. I actually just handled my first Alondo and Zona a couple of days ago, so. Okay. That was a that was a great experience, man. That, they are insane. insane They're incredible pieces. Definitely, I'm not playing in that same uh, brand. No, no, nobody is. <laughs> really, and nobody is. The L2 itself, the full MSRP is 450. Right. Right. So MSRP is going to be 450. So early pre-sale pricing will be at a discount, of course. And after that, once it's officially stocked up, so again, I'm trying to go into production by the by mid March. Very good. So I want to go in production and start everything in mid-March so then I can deliver in July. All right, folks. So you heard it here. We're going to have our, our first of hopefully many uh, watches for our charity giveaway this year. We're going to go with the Pink Gold Legacy or L2 it would be, right? L2? Yeah. Yeah. L2. So the next iteration will just be L3. I'll probably just keep going with the L number. Very, very cool. Thank you, man. That's that's a that's a great look for us. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm always down to support. I feel like you need to give back somehow, and still be able to support different charities and causes that you believe in. And you know, that's always one of the things with the brand. Another another thing, like people are like, "Well, hey, do you do this full time?" Unfortunately, I don't. Uh, this time, I don't have the capacity. My right. family would murder me at this point. <laughs> I would get hard and fed if I tried doing this. Yeah, I mean, you know. Like, at this point, these watches are not going to feed my kid. <laughs> um, but, you know, I yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, I have a certain number that I can hit. And, okay, hey, if I can move, because right now I'm averaging, uh, I'm averaging between 100 to 130 pieces a year. Okay. So that's what I'm averaging right now. And I, if I can triple that number, I'd be able to go into this full time. That's awesome. That's like the dream, right? 
yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> and, you know, when I, I've chatted with some other brands who've managed to make that transition, and they've all said it's been like it's a grind. You have to grind it out in you know, the Surely. first four or five years, and after that, you'll be able to get there. So I, I mean, there's a lot of trends within the industry, so I'm trying to just do my own thing and be as original to myself as I can, because again, the designs would always be something that I would make that I want to wear. Right. I don't want to just, I don't want to come up with a design that I would not wear myself. Now, going back to what the, the original question, which was about the an automatic version, again, based on how this one does, if I can achieve a certain goal, then I do, because the dials have gotten so much positive feedback, I want to come out with, these same dials, non-chronograph, and do just a standard three-hander with it. Okay. And that, that would nice. be and that would be an automatic, I'm thinking either a Salita or something. And right now it's 10.8. If I went that way, I could probably get it down even thinner. That would be amazing, right? And, you know, with the same dial, it, I would have to do something just to give it a little more something because it would just be too plain at that point. I might do That's a second. sub-registers, dial. yeah. So yeah, I, even yeah, take out the sub registers. Yeah, even if you did something, you know, you you lose the chrono, but even if you went something like manual wind, I think those, especially given kind of the watches that you take inspiration from, like that wouldn't be too far of a stretch. Right. It would be so nice. And I think you could really get that super, super thin profile. And it would fit in line with kind of what your design aesthetic is already. Right. Manual wind would be amazing. So my issue would be. My only issue, I thought about that too. My only issue would be manual line, I would want an open case back. Open case back, now mm, the comes mm. question, what do I do to the movement? I don't want a plain Jane movement. Yeah, that's that's big. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I've bought a few Seiko movements and I've tried to actually engrave them myself. Yeah, they've all went into into the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you've already all, you've I, already done a customized movement on your descent, no? On the descent, I did some rotor work. Yeah. I was able to customize the rotor on the descent. The base movement itself, it's still the Miyoto 9039. However, yeah. the rotor's custom. Yeah. So that was my first foray into movement customization. But now that question is with the manual aligned, where would I start? Because yeah. the entire base plate or the plate that is on the movement, that would need to be customized somehow. Yeah, I yeah. the engraving, and again, my inspiration would be the the German design with the hand engraving with the floral patterns and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have the skill set for that. <laughs> I'm good at a bunch of things. That is something I am not. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I know for a fact, you know, just kind of looking at your designs and the things that you've produced so far, and obviously the feedback you've gotten, you will figure out something that's going to work what best for you and and your company and what you want to release for your product. Whether it is automatic, whether it is manual wind, I'm sure if you decide to go into a mechanical way with these new colorways, it's going to be a home run for sure. Even if you lose the chrono, I think it's going to be great. So yeah. that's going to be that's something I want to dive into, and I I'll probably call it the Elmatic. If it's an automatic movement, that's cool. I like that. I'll call it the Elmatic. Elmatic. And if Elmatic. it's a manual wind, I haven't thought that far yet. So don't know what I would name it yet, but. Like, Elmatic is pretty good. Elmanual, it has a nice ring to it. It'll it sound like, too close to Emmanuel. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't call it the L manual. That looks weird or <laughs> sounds weird. But Elmatic is really nice. Well, Elmatic like is close to Illmatic, like Nas. Well, so <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think we're all okay with that. Yeah, we're good with that. <laughs>
So uh, that's, again, if uh, depending on how the L2 does, that would be the next step because then that would also be a proper dress watch. Yeah, for sure. And coming from that point, then I'd still be able to keep it. So with all the watches that I come out with under the under the Hame brand, I want to stay under a certain price point. And initially, the goal would be to stay under seven hundred. Uh, a couple okay. reasons. It's nice, man. Couple, well, couple reasons. One, again, just because with with the movements and everything, you know, it's warranted to be within that within that price range. I would not want to jack yeah. up the price for those uh, for the parts that you'd be able to find elsewhere for a much more affordable price. But also, just as a nod, so I've done I've done okay for myself in life. I've been, you know, hey, I'm able to buy some higher end watches for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and not 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 too shabby. But I also come from very, very humble beginnings. Sure. Uh, never had a silver spoon or anything. I grew up in a neighborhood of, in Chicago that I don't think many people would want to go go visit. <laughs> uh, you know, using the kitchen oven to heat the heat the apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's north side uh, or south side? <laughs> uh, southwest. Okay. And that is so. It's kind of a, a nod to that, just kind of an ode, because I remember when I was there at that point in my life, and, you know, I could not afford a higher-end watch. However, yeah. I still wanted something that looked nice. Yeah. So things with, so anything I do within him, it would still stay within that price point for those, re- for those reasons. Now, the sub-brand, that, going back into that, the, the whole concept of the sub-brand is I'd be able to toy with higher-end stuff. Yeah, that's and exactly from, what I thought you were going to say. And again, for with the sub brand, it would go higher. I would say probably three, three grand minimum. Ooh, but the okay. numbers, the number of pieces would be much smaller. And again, sure. the all the components would be much more premium. They would be yeah. way, way higher end. I would, I would estimate about over eighty percent European parts. And I've started to have those conversations with uh, certain brands and suppliers already. So I kind of know what to where to start there it's just okay. a matter of actually making something happen with him first before i take that leap yeah absolutely absolutely so, and so this would basically be the sub brand under your actual last name right yeah so it makes sense it makes sense you kind of have your your humble beginnings brand that represents a certain stage in your life which is at the lower price point you know something that is more affordable for for the average you know person especially getting into watches and you have the more luxurious term or, or tier which would have your actual namesake. I think that's a very cool idea. I don't think anybody's done it before like that before, and I think it's very cool. So even with the even with the hand pieces, they still punch above their weight. So when you see the dials, for sure, like on the L two, the finishing of the dials themselves, you can take a loop to it. And you know, there's people out there who compare and they nitpick pieces and they put them under a loop and tear them apart. Yeah, I welcome you to tear the to tear to try to tear these apart at four hundred fifty dollars. You will be impressed with the finishing and the detail that you'll see on these. Yeah, that was the first thing I said to you when we hopped on was, I mean, I I talk about it all the time, how much I like Grand Seiko, mainly because their dials and their texturing and things. And I said, I said, you do so much work with texturing, whether it might just be in the sub registers or even on the uh, in the inner dials or something. There's always these little tidbits of of different like grains or patterns. And it was something that caught my eye initially beyond all the colors and all the different finishes and everything, I was just like, wow, like how many different textures are there on some of these dials? And there's a right. lot. Yeah. But I appreciate that. I like that a lot. 
<laughs> well, it it's makes it it makes it look visually interesting. Yeah. And, and as you said, uh, I mean, you have different you have different indice texts here. You have different types of number texts. I mean, again, you know, just looking at the dial, you have a sunray finish, you have a brushing finish, you have a circular graining pattern. I mean, these are all things that are very subtle. Very uh, very subtle from a distance. Um, but when you see them up close and you see them as some of their parts, it really is an attractive piece that I think a lot of people are going to enjoy having on their wrist for sure. And also the the other thing, when you talk about inspiration, I am a native Chicagoan. And what what are we known for? Our skyline. Yep. So another thing with these designs, when you look at the watches, they create they have the depth given to them creates somewhat of a snow globe effect in that mm -hmm. sense. And again, I it's kind of like a mini metropolis when you look at it through a side view. So it's almost yep. you see its own skyline within within the watch. Hey, maybe that's the name for your manual one collection. Hey baby. No. <laughs> I said, hey, maybe that's the name for your manual one collection, the skyline. Ah, uh, the skyline. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't think you could use Sears because that's taken, but uh <laughs> I mean that would be I have skyline or, or something something. Comiskey, along that right? Line. Comiskey's the socks. <laughs> yeah, I yes, I, I am uh I am a white Sox fan. I don't think I want to get into the sports realm though. So no, I, I don't I, don't. <laughs> I think I would lean more towards architecture. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's that's kind of what Chicago is known for, right? I mean, your architecture is some of the best in the world. With regards to old histor historic buildings, so it, it totally makes sense. And architecture, food, um, yeah, like Chicago is a it's a great city. It gets a bad rap. Um, it's still a good city. However, the one nuance is you have to be very comfortable with the fact that the weather is terrible. <laughs> like windy city, the windy winter, city. You know, when it's cold, it's cold. When it's hot, it's hot. And when it's really nice, it's allergy season. Yeah, so, screw it either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Windy City, it's not called Windy City because of the wind. It's actually called Windy City because in the 1800s, when the World Fair was in Chicago, somebody from New York, uh, the New York Times or some reporter from a New York newspaper, they called it the Windy City because they said the politicians talk too much. Oh, no way. I never knew that. That's hilarious. And I found that out and it kind of challenged everything I knew growing up. <laughs> <laughs> hey i will say this having been to chicago many times during undergraduate school i've almost been knocked over when the wind rips through the city so it's oh yeah to I me. That point now where you know i it never bugged me until after i turned 40 yeah what? it's a little harder <laughs> it's a bit hard all of a sudden I'm like you know hey my bones hurt more I'm like okay every morning now my body sounds like rice krispies when i get up yeah you know, like, yeah, okay, I'm not ready for this backwards puberty. Nah, sucks getting old. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, well, you know, I mean, the answer to that is just diet and exercise. There you go. So in so, the, uh, I guess in the spirit of, of, since we're talking about maturity, um, I guess as you've grown as a brand, what would you say is, well, let's talk, let's talk about what's been your biggest hurdle and what has been your biggest, I guess, victory as a brand owner? Well, the biggest victory is I, I would say I've, I've actually done this. I've you're done still it. here. You started in 2020, <laughs> which is no small feat, and you're still here. 2020, I'm still here. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of brands either or people have always – I hear from people all the time, oh, yeah, I thought about joining a brand. I thought about it. Okay, 
cool. I, I did it. I, it's growing at a snail's pace. However, I'm doing it my way. That's the other thing. Because yeah. when you talk about challenges, exposure. Yep. The industry, I, and again, I want to, I want to be very nice. I don't want to name names and I don't want to sound bitter. 90 95% of this industry is pay to play. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it also leaves you in a catch 22 because like you don't want to pay because that's not genuine. It's not authentic, authentic. But then if you don't pay, you don't go anywhere. So what do you actually do? Right. And so even at the end of the day, I mean, even traditional advertising is technically just that, right? Well, yeah. Traditional advertising is just that. However, that advertising, there are certain stats that you get with it. You get metrics. Right. You're able to actually see what's going on and see if there's tweaks that you can make. There's still some market research. And again, I understand that doesn't come free. But when we're talking about uh, either a write-up through through a magazine or through a site, that doesn't, a mention that necessarily typically doesn't cost that Theoretically, that shouldn't cost as much as what it does. But yeah. I also get it. The big brands are who they are going after. I understand. Because they're going after the Omegas, the Rolexes, the the brands that have the money. They're, they are going after them. But then for small brands, what do we do? Then, you know, we get a ton of DMs. Hey, let's collab. Yep. <laughs> get those all the time. And I'm like, I don't. Like, okay, cool. You have a bit of a following, but what are you actually bringing to the table besides asking for free product? Yep. Like the product does cost, it does cost money at the end of the day. And again, if, when I say I don't have a marketing budget, I don't have a marketing budget. When I started in this in 2020, I threw away so much money just throwing everything at a wall, seeing what, sti- seeing what sticks. Yeah. So I've tried all the online ads, the Instagram ads, the Facebook ads. I've done some of the sponsored posts with some of the bigger sites. And it's, I've gained nothing from it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like I, if I can say, if you asked me, hey, were, was there any return on investment from those type of things? I didn't see any. Yeah. It's been getting out there, chatting with the community, chatting with the community, meeting people. I mean, hell, I got more of a return on Kickstarter. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think that that's important. I mean, you're in Chicago, you have, um, you know, a uh, wind up that happens there every year now um it, yeah. it well, to me started this, it started in 2022 for why not so yeah. for chicago it's traditionally like micro rocks that's been okay. one of the shows here so this year i am on board for two shows so district time in dc in march and micro rocks in april in chicago so right now those are the two that i am on for and again all the shows are not free to a they're not free for brands to attend. That, that I know. That I know yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I know that so, they cost a pretty penny to get exposure there. So then when you start doing the math, like, hey, I sold X amount of watches. I have this much money now, but now this money is going to go right back into here. So, I mean, since I've started the brand, all the money has gone right back into the brand. It's not like right, I've been right. able to, eating off it. It's all gone right back into the brand, into the brand as far as growing product, uh, prototyping, design, R&D, uh, shows. So all that does cost, but it's very hard having conversations with avenues that you want to have conversations with. For example, like I would want to talk to Watch Time or a Hodinky or something. However, I'm not free there. Money. Yeah, I'm not there. Money. 
But going back into a lot of the let's collab influencers and whatnot, like I'm not sure what to make of it. I like, I don't know what to make of it, and I try to be very uh, respectful. But you get a lot of feedback and people asking for free watches, and I've had some cases where all of a sudden, when I've declined their request for a free watch, it's gotten very nasty. <sighs> so now, like, okay, do I a let my personality shine, or yeah. b <laughs> or b keep it cordial and just ignore it? Right. And it, you always come to that crossroads because, I mean, it's so easy to take a screenshot nowadays and right. share it, right? Well, so you always got to be a little careful. Put it this way. I am enjoying this conversation so much because I know what you're capable of with the memes. <laughs> and you're <laughs> how my brain thinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I look at everything. Everything is a meme in my head. Yeah. So, I mean, if we turn off the recording here and not, and actually just have a free phone conversation i'm pretty sure all three of us will end up in stitches oh yeah no i bet i mean even even myself i mean from my my own angle because i'm on i'm on a little bit of the opposite side of that coin i mean i don't i don't necessarily consider myself the influencer in in the same vein as probably the people who are hitting you up for free products but i mean i have enough of a following people pay attention when i i talk i think um i've had a lot of people approach me about stuff and they're like, you know, yeah. you want to you want to work together, you want to do some collaboration, or even do you want to just contribute on something? Okay, yeah, fine. And then it'll just be like silence, and I'll be like, all right, well, you know, like, all right, maybe maybe they're not going through with it, maybe they got cold feet, maybe they just don't want me anymore. That's fine. But like, you know, and then I'll I'll hear from them again, like down the road, and they're like, oh hey, yeah, just just wondering if like you were still interested. All right, yeah, like it, it's just been, uh, I, I guess, communication has like been probably my biggest frustration. In that, like, I'm a type of, I'm a very, like, get things done person. So, like, if we sit down and we have, like, I, and I'm not talking about it was, like, one DM sneakily. Like, I've sat down and had Zoom calls with people face-to-face, -face, like, multiple, where we're like, all right, we're going to work together. We're going to do this. Like, I've, I've been, you know, bounced ideas off them and stuff and, like, sent, like, follow-up DMs. And it's just been either, like, flaky communication or, like, glacial pace of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, just, like, the, the way things unfold. I don't know. I guess it's it's probably my own um, my own profession showing through because it's all about just getting things done and like right. staying on schedule and timing is yeah. everything. Like that's probably a little bit of my my own issues. But for me, that's what gets me. I, I, if we're gonna do something, I want to do it the whole way. I want to knock it out of the park, and I want it to be, you know, I want it to look legit the whole way around. I, I don't really like to cut corners. I don't I don't like to make second rate stuff, at least in my opinion. So. I get where you're coming from. Like, I, I understand, like, you you have people, and especially when people are coming up, like, I've always tried to err on the side of humility, like, of, of I you know, I was, when I meet people, whatever, Red Bar or something, and they're like, oh, my God, you're you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not really anybody. Like, I'm not, I, I never really, I don't really play up the whole thing. I, I appreciate everybody. I love that I have a, such a high amount of followers or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's not that important to me. You have people who, who have a, a small amount and they're like, oh, I'm I'm an influencer. I have pull. And I'm like, OK, like, <laughs> sure, if you say well, so. Like, but like, you know, when, when you're when you're talking, who's listening? Right. Like, but those are the people who are trying to strong arm you for something for yeah. free. And again, you're you're thinking return on investment. And you're like, you know, not for nothing. You're 998 followers. I, I'm sure they're quality, but like, uh, you know, conversion rates and everything, <laughs> even if I get 5% of that, how much am I really getting? Right. Like right. that's a high percentage. 
Well, that's the thing. So two things. One, as far as reviews, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay for reviews. Right. That's something. And that's been another like when I've taught, when I've had conversations with different publications, I'm not going to name names, even just for a review that becomes, well, hey, you need to, there's a bundle package you would need to purchase from us. For <laughs> God, that doesn't, I just want a review. I'm not looking to advertise. I want one of your writers to just spend time with the watch and let me know their thoughts. Just write yeah. out a couple paragraphs about what they thought about the watch. So the reviews that I actually do have. They're all out there in public and they are not paid for. So, yeah. and some are good. I've had, I had one that was pretty, pretty hurtful. Uh, that was at the very beginning, but you know what? It is what it is. You, you learn and you move on. And also I was able to see like, okay, Hey, that kind of makes sense. Like it may, I understand where that person is coming from. Yeah. So no hard feelings. Let's move on. Let's keep it. Let's keep it moving. You know what? Though? I, I think, I think that gives you integrity though. I think so, that A, you didn't get it taken down. B, it shows that you're not just out here greasing people for good, you know, good publicity. Right. 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 So I, I just won't do it. Even right now, the L2 is uh, being reviewed by people. I have it in review rotation right now. And same feels like, hey, here's a watch. I'm not giving anybody a watch. Like, I'm not giving, I don't give out free watches. Spend <laughs> some time with it if you want it back. Like, you know, if you were, and you can send it back once you're done. Now, however, I I have done this uh, for people who spend time with the watch. Like, hey, if you are genuinely interested, I'll give you my I'll give you my friends and family hookup. Like, hey, people, I have friends. You know, when friends and family, I yeah. just don't want to charge them full price if they say hey, I want to buy a watch from me. Yeah. So I kind of have a, a separate coupon code for friends and family in that sense. So it's like, if, like hey, if you, you spend time with the watch, you've published your thoughts on it, and you have a genuine interest in having one. Sure, you know what I'll. I'll give you that hookup there. Yeah. But yeah. nothing, nothing that's done beforehand or anything. That's not something, that's not a way I'd operate. But what I've done with the influencers, it's kind of the same deal. I've, so rather, so I've started responding to all of them with, hey, this is, this is where I am as a brand and this is where I intend to go. However, this is what I will do because I, well, because my first question is, I need metrics. Like, what are you actually showing? What is your worth? What is the what is your worth of what you're doing? Do you have what is your return? Like what's your engagement? Like, do you have actual stats? And oh, that's huge. That is that that those are very very big don't. questions. 95 percent, I'd say don't. Yeah. Well, especially in this age, I don't know if you know you can you can buy follows nowadays. You can oh, buy yeah. follows, and you can even buy like Fugazi invade, uh, engagement. Like you can get likes. Yeah. Comments are obviously going to be hard to generate because even the best AI and bots right. aren't going to be able to generate engaging comments but you can buy likes you can buy follows like i and you can see it there's there's all kinds of apps there's like um social blade and things like that you there used to be a really good free one that got shut down i don't know why but where you could track somebody's engagement rates where you could track it would even tell you like the percentage of their following that they estimated was fake like these things are big especially in, yeah. in a, an age where you're charging people like from the standard, like the, the standard influencer playbook, they tell you charge penny per follow. So if you're right. jacking up your follows, buying them, now you're charging somebody penny per follow. Like that, that's a big difference where right. compared to what your social, true metrics are. Currency, like if that social currency is fake, then it really doesn't help anybody. No, so, I yeah, asked, so when I start asking for metrics, then the conversations usually stop. They stop responding. Okay, cool. 
but then the ones that do respond, I've told all of them, hey, this is what I will do. I, you buy, if, hey, if you are this interested, if you have this much, if you love the watch the way that you do, please buy one. I'll give you 25% off. And I'll give you a coupon code then that you can share to your followers. And if X amount of people purchase, I will refund you. So now you have your free watch. I think that that's a really solid way to do it. And then it's crickets. Uh, no yeah. response. <laughs> no, well, people, you know, it's all I about cash in hand, right? That's like the way the world works. Well, I, I, you know, uh, again, this is... That have took me up on it, and they've actually... And now I've started to actually see, like, hey, you know what they do? They do what they are saying that they would do. Yeah. However, you, it's just betting. It's betting the vetting the people and finding because yeah. you know it's it really is a needle in a haystack sure yeah i mean it, i mean think of it this way i mean you asked us earlier about why we we had the name that, that that we have for our podcast and a lot of it was a similar reason bro has been adamant about this from the very beginning he's like look you know the follows that i have they're all genuine legitimate follows like there's no bots there's no paid for like these are all people that i've organically grown right that's something that at the very core of who he is as an influencer in quotes, he's been very passionate about making sure is is not the case. He wants everybody that follows him to be a real genuine person. And I'll be straight. And if I same- get a if I get a bot comment or something, I usually I I'll delete the follower. I just I don't want it. I don't want any it's of that just, plaguing my my yeah. Posts. I, it's it's I, just I, for I, us. It's about transparency, and that's why we wanted to call this place you know Risk Cheese Radio because you know we understand that that the watches are are, are gorgeous and there are things that about the industry that's you know sometimes rose-tinted glasses but we also know that there's a dark underbelly un, you know, ugly side to the industry too that we all kind of dance around we all know is there and some people play into it and they thrive in it and others try to stay on the outskirts of it and we try to be as objective as possible without you know really disparaging anybody right but for us integrity is very important we wanted to make sure we started a podcast that was going to be genuine. We didn't want to pay for reviews. We didn't want to do the, like, if you want to send us a watch first to review it, cool. We'll review it. We'll send it back to you. Nobody's done that yet. Nobody's taken us up on that offer yet. But for us, it's all about integrity. If you want an honest, objective review, or you want us to talk about your brand in an honest, objective way, then we will. But and you know what? give us let's, the opportunity uh, to do it. Let's piggyback on that really quick. So when I do, when I do donate a pink gold L2 to you guys for your raffles, if you do decide that you want to review the piece, whatever you're going to say, you're going to say. I have no control over. So ultimately, if what everything you've seen so far, if it serves not to be true in person, you say whatever you got to say. I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. And, and than I'll fair. be I'll be honest with you in seeing the things that you held up in the prototype form. I. I like it a lot. So I, I'm sure that it's going to live up, if not meet my expectations, exactly what I think it, so, it's going to yeah, be. I, so. And it's right now, it's making it's making rounds during uh, with reviews. So I have, again, I have a list of people who have expressed interest in reviewing the watch, and it's just making its rounds through them. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's where that is. And right now, ultimately, I, I, I'm grateful. I've been able to build a small community. I, yeah. My, my base is about... I'd say about a good 1,100, 1,200 people. That's solid. But you know what? Hey, I, I built it since 2020, and it's a small base that I interact with. And a lot of the brand is word of mouth. I mean, these are people yeah. that have bought watches before. I I mean, 
it's a it's a really awesome feeling when I have someone post a picture of their collection and it's just all of my watches from the first one on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very that has to be that has to be such a good feeling. It's that has good, to be such a good feeling. I, I'm just like, man, you know what? If you, if you were next to me, I'd give you a hug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's another thing that is, and that's something that I'm proud of uh, with what I've been able to accomplish so far with the brand. However, again, it's just scaling the brand is a feat. If you yeah. don't have a backer, because honestly, if you invest with, mar- I mean, even having discussions with marketing companies and just trying to get to the next step it's going to be like okay hey well you're going to need to figure out a way to put 50 to 75k of your own po- out of your own pocket or have a bank mm-hmm. or somehow and that's and i'm being and i'm being very conservative with that number yeah for sure sky's the limit really on on these prices yeah right but so i mean again with the brand where i want to go again for for him itself the next thing would be based on how the l2 does i do want to come up with a dress uh with the time only version of the l2 whether it's automatic or manual that's still up in the air mm-hmm. so then of course uh then i want to scale into the actual brand with my last name and that what i have right now for renders it is gorgeous it's just a matter mm-hmm. of investing and getting bringing it to life because yeah. what i would do is i would probably do a run of the first model i would probably do 40 pieces, 30 in Ooh. steel and 10 in precious metal. Wow, I, like, I like it a lot. Heck yeah. That's and, awesome. And that's that, that's that a bold be, move right there. And that would be it. And, but again, that would, I would have to have, I'd have to find 40 people who are really interested in it because now, you know what, now, now I'm asking for three grand. I'm asking for 3,500. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, hey, do you trust me and my brand enough? When you know for three or thirty five hundred, you can still go with an Omega or go with a Tudor, or you can still go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. now it's it's that question, and you know, I I understand that. I again, being part of the community, you you see that people have those conversations, and also I I do know. So everybody everybody who trusts my brand, I'm extremely grateful for. Yeah, well, and it shows. It shows in how you speak about your clients, and it shows about how how you handle the back end with regards to influencers and marketing i mean you you are a one man you know one stop shop in everything that you do and you are pretty your much. brand pretty and, much and your your brand you know even though Haim is a little bit different than your actual last name even though it's spelled backwards you know it's it's in still in many ways your namesake and and i it can is. see with how you talk about your brand how proud you are of it and it it shows and and i know that that's reflective and carries through to your product so I, I can't wait to see you know the watch when it finally gets to us and and I'm sure whoever our listener is and you know by the end of this year they'll have a new happy hame on their on their wrist and it's going to be great great for everybody I can't wait. Yeah, I, I mean the goal again the goal is to get everything get production started by mid March uh, if not sooner. Yeah. Sooner is always better. So what I would recommend or what I would encourage people to do is. Once you go to www.hamewatchco.com, there's going to be a sign-up page. When you get to the product, you can just drop your email address. And for those that are interested, I will email a specific link with pricing. Like, hey, if you're interested in the early, early pre pre Kickstarter presale, that mm-hmm. would be that would probably be the best price I'll ever offer this watch at. Yeah, that's what you would, that's where you strike. You'd be able to get. So that's what you would be able to get. Again, you're getting a beautiful chronograph with a premium strap. So, I mean, the strap alone is 
upwards of a hundred dollars there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yep. they're not they're not inexpensive. Not cheap. No. So you're getting a very a very premium package for the price. So the value proposition will definitely be there. And at that point, just based on how many people, because again, you know, when uh, again some questions come up, well, hey, how come as a brand you don't have capital? Uh, well, you know, that's not necessarily saying that we don't have capital. However, this also does two things. One, it gauges interest. Mm-hmm. And also, it's a standard practice within the industry. Yeah. yeah. It's very standard, but also yeah. it gauges interest. And again, as a brand, which we were talking about earlier before we started recording, I struggle with two things. Watch collector brain and business brain. Yeah. Business mm-hmm. brain mm-hmm. is, you know what? Make 500 to 1,000 units. <laughs> move them out the door. Just keep yeah. Yeah. Out. keep cranking them out that's it whereas watch collector brain is kind of like well no i want it to be limited i want to have something that not everybody has and i i yeah. want it to be one of 150 or 250 pieces or even 50 pieces so yeah. i want it to be very limited and as a small brand my goal is actually to not have inventory <laughs> my goal is not to retain inventory yeah and for a brand of my size it's i don't want to retain inventory i have parts and things on hand but i don't want to keep them (laughs) if i the goal is to get rid of them the goal is to keep getting rid of them and if i have to re-up and do other do second batches or third batches then so be it i mean i would rather have that than just having excess inventory because you know this industry things, things move fast Every year, people or brands are coming out with new models, and like it's become the same thing as clothing, where you have to keep updating the fashion. And yeah, yeah. watches necessarily don't update. It's just the conversation. The everything is so fast in that you can have great traction with a new release and be in the eye, and it be forgotten about tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. very. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying it. In, in much fewer words than what it just took me to pass 35 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that's my specialty. I have one little box with uh, enough space to get a message across, and that's what I do. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> so that's, I mean, so again, I don't want to have the inventory. So again, that's, the, so when I gauge interest, I can gauge interest in how many people are actually interested in having this piece, and then I can produce it. Once I can produce the, and again, even when you have conversations with suppliers, now you're getting into minimum order quantities and those type of things. But what I have done, I've not to this point with what I've been trying to produce, I have not met minimum order quantities. So what what ends up happening when you don't meet minimum order quantities, you pay more per part. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So now my actual cost, so now you're looking at a watch I've done and like, oh, well, hey, why is it this cost? I'm like, well, you know what? My actual cost is probably double what my peers is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for that reason, rightfully so. And that's also because I'm producing a smaller number. And of course, I want to grow the number, but at the same time, I want to grow the number and not have that excess inventory a year from now where. Even a year from now, if there's five or ten pieces on hand or whatever, that's great. I don't want to sit on a hundred pieces a year from now. Yeah, for sure. sure. Especially when I have ideas and things that I'm trying to do to add newer designs. Yeah, so would you say, I guess, if you had to put a a goal on 2023 for you, obviously we're talking L2s. Is there anything else you're trying to accomplish within this, I guess, calendar year? For this calendar year, three things. If I can get these three things done, it would be a 
very, very successful year. Knocked L2 out of the park. Yeah. Set motion for the Elmatic tentatively. Mm-hmm. And also actually be able to have something to start to start a brand strategy campaign. To be able to actually allocate resources into at least getting everything on the same page as far as uh, the website and the socials and giving revamping the appearance to something that's much cleaner. Yeah. To be able to get that done. And that is, that's a very minimal marketing touch to it. But if I could at least get those three things done, it would have been an incredibly successful year. And while I we're there, why don't we, uh, while we're time. there, why don't we, why don't we plug your, your socials real quick? Cause you have a YouTube, you have an Instagram. Yep, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, it's all Haim Wachko. That's H-A-I-M-W-A-T-C-H-C-O. So Instagram at Haim Wachko. Uh, YouTube, it's youtube.com at forward slash at Haim Wachko. Same thing mm-hmm. at Facebook. I admittedly, admittedly I, I am the most active on Instagram. I do a terrible job at Facebook. <laughs> I think most watch people are very yeah. active on Instagram. It's kind of like the older, older, older generation that's more active well, on Facebook. Well, straightforward. Well, for microbrands, it's the opposite, actually. They are the most active on Facebook. Interesting. <laughs> There's a ton of microbrand groups on Facebook, and every time I post, I always end up apologizing. Okay, I'm sorry. I know I should be more active on here. I know I'm not. I'm a horrible human being. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not. It's not that I have anything against the groups. I don't. The conversations are great. It's just, uh, I don't like Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I used to be part of, of a lot of watch groups on Facebook, and I, I've systematically started walking back a lot of my affiliations with them over the years. And Instagram is honestly where I, where I find home. I also find like it's a better, more poignant way to reach brands, to reach people behind brands, and to talk right. and collaborate. It, all you gotta do is slide into a DM and, and you're there. And if they respond right. and they great, if not, then you move on. So I mean, there's, there's so much more to keep up with on Facebook. Correct. I mean, you know, between running the brand, between having a family, between having an actual an actual profession, um, like time, there's 24 hours is already not enough time. To do. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, right now we're we're having this conversation while the kids are already it's already their bedtime. So. I mean, otherwise, if we Tell about it. this at 5 p.m., I, I, I mean, my daughter would be here with me screaming, Papa, Papa. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, those are the, so those are all the socials. Uh, same thing with Twitter at HeyWatchCo. I am the most active on Instagram. I do a terrible job at the others. And again, I, like, if I, 2024, a goal for 2024 was to at least be able to bring on a paid intern. For social media management. <laughs> oh, okay. I like now that's a good goal to have. That's a that good is goal a good have. goal. That, that, is a good that goal. could be like your most valuable employee, right? Your first employee hire, social manager. Just an intern, somebody to manage the social media stuff because there are certain things I, I'm in my 40s, man. I am not going to do a TikTok. Don't expect. Oh, I totally feel that, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I just cannot get the concept of trying to keep a straight face and do a dance routine in front of your camera. That or sit there and point at point at words all over the place. Right. And, uh, <laughs> it's so funny, but you know what? We all watch it at some point and we're all just like, why? And it's why a new branch of marketing, man. It is because uh, even like 
every once in a while I'll get, I'll get crazy and I'll just like browse like social media, kind of like those type of jobs, like people who run social accounts. I'm like, I'm pretty good at this. Why wouldn't, you know, let me see what's out there. And it's like, you have to be fluent in TikTok and you have to know all these like silly trends. I'm like, well, I'm out. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I figured I was out once I started, like, once I started to see the amount of gray hair I have, I'm like, yeah, you know, I <laughs> right behind you boss. <laughs> you know, when I, I guess that's, that's one metric to look at, right? Well, no, the that's when the heated seats in your car is not for staying warm, but for relieving back pain. That oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is a first. I think that that is a first for sure on Risty's radio. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, so, God, is there anything else we needed to touch on? Again, L2. Officially announced today on the 30th, and again, it's at www.hamewatchco.com. If you go to the product page, choose L2, you can read all about it. You can see all the specs, all the features, the different dials, the pictures. They're all over my or the brand social media. And mm-hmm. anybody who is interested in actually pre-ordering, just drop your email. I will get back. And again, the pricing is going to be the best it will be. Yeah, uh, Very yeah. minimal margins. So. <laughs> There you go. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. You heard uh, it here. Again, I want to offer, it's going to be very, because once everything shifts to MSRP, I will not be doing a four-watch bundle at that point. Yeah. Right, yeah. During the freestyle, there will be all four, and I have, I'll be making a custom watch roll, so it'll be one roll to hold all, all four, so it's like you could take your collection with you. Yeah. And when you see all four side by side, you it actually tells you, like you can actually vision where you would wear what piece. It's a story. It's a story. It's you pick the watch for for the emotion that you are that day and what statement you want to tell the world as you as you get ready to leave your house. I think it's I think that's a very cool thing. And and I don't know too many brands that have done a bundle like that, you know, of of all different models in in one cohesive collection. I think that's very cool. I mean, I can say this. I can I can definitely say it would be all for again premium straps, the case, the whole nine, and it would definitely be under fifteen hundred. <laughs> I don't know how many watches you can get for for under fifteen hundred these is by any let strength. alone four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, <laughs> let alone and, four. And these are very and again the finishing on them. They are. I say this as someone who, as a collector myself, like when I look at these, I would not assume that they're that they are MSRP four fifty. Yeah. And I've heard the same thing about my previous models too. And, and again, just to talk about those really quick, the. I don't think I'm discontinuing them anytime soon. They are different for different purposes. Because again, yeah. the casing on the L2 is 38 millimeters. There are people who insist on having a bigger watch. The original yep. Legacy and the Legacy SE are 39.5. Yeah, so yeah, they, I saw if that. If you want a bigger watch, then that would be the one you'd want to go with. But these are 38. I, And again, you know, in this industry right now, new is always better. <laughs> And unless you're into vintage pieces, then that would be uh, quite the, uh, the opposite sentiment. But yeah. I, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I know you know. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's a lot of size preferences just throughout. But I think I think everybody's kind of gravitating towards that sweet spot, 38, 39 nowadays, where you're getting a little bit of extremes on both sides, the 36s, 37s. You're getting 42, 43, 41-ish. Oh, but man. most people are gravitating between 38 and 40 now. Sizes mm-hmm. are kind of coming into that because everybody 
everybody can get a little, everybody can wear it at that point. Everybody can That's right. yeah. enjoy it. So I think uh, it's a smart the, move. Do you remember the 58 millimeter diesels? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that a few episodes ago, especially the ones with like the four time zones or whatever. Each one had like four yeah. different crowns. Yes. This is ridiculous. Yes. I mean, I, ridiculous. I, I Point now where even a 42 makes me feel like I have flavor flavors clock on my wrist. <laughs> I like this. This is this is easily had the most uh like uh old school rapper references in a single episode. Yeah. So this is good. Yeah, I'm enjoying sure. this one a lot. <laughs> why, sure. don't, why don't we end it with you know what? Uh between not necessarily touching on an air, just uh top five that you could think of. Rappers, all what all time? Uh yeah, actually within the nineties and the early two thousands. I mean, you're obviously going to have to throw Biggie and Pac in there. I'm a yeah. big Nas fan, being from New York. Yeah. Uh, see, here's where it gets tough, because you got Jay-Z, who at the time, at that time, was not that big. He's huge now. I mean, he, yeah. he's like an all-timer now, right? I also, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Slim Shady fan. Um, you got, and then where do you, what do you do with the Woo, right? How, they have how many members, right? You got <laughs> Ghostface, <laughs> Method Man, right? I can go on forever. I mean, I try. I'm a white kid from the suburbs, but like, yeah, it's tough. It's tough because well, talk about groups. And, I mean, if you want to get into groups, it's going to be Wu Tang. It's going to be EPMD. Sure. Um, yeah. Pete Rock, CL Smooth. Uh, you like you could even get throwing dilated people. So now, if you want to cover East and West, then possibly even uh, the far side. Right. Or if you get into Texas and get into the ghetto boys. So <laughs> called Quest. I mean, there's there's so oh, yeah. much. There's so much. But yeah, this this has definitely been a lot of fun. And you know, and you you and I have known each other a fairly long time. I mean, we we've gone back and forth. We've had a lot of back, yes. been a lot of stuff that I, I hope those DMs never get leaked. No, no, I'm, trust me. I, I let me if I write a book, I've got the dirt on everybody. <laughs> so maybe when I'm ready to hang it up, I'll do a, I'll do yeah, a memoir. Yeah, yeah. I'll do the uh, the tell memoirs, but... memoirs of a meme lord. Yeah, let me. Oh, let me <laughs> you already oh, get the title would, too, right? Memoirs it would be, of a meme it would be so good. That. It would be so good. <laughs> the tell-all book of the watch industry. But uh, but yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it I, has been. Thank you for coming on. Obviously, thank you for your know your generosity. We're gonna we're gonna wind up raffling off that that pink dial, which is gonna be amazing. And um, yeah, it'll be cool. We'll be able to give you sort of our feedback on it. And I think from all our accounts, I think it's gonna be great. I mean, I you know again, it's it's great to have sort of different people review it and check it out. And I, I don't think it'll be any different for us. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great. And you know, we wish you nothing but the best here in uh, hey, twenty three. Thank you. This has been this has been a fun conversation so yeah if i can if we could if you want to do this again let me know i'm always down yeah maybe once we um maybe once you get that that sort you get that whole spiel out of the way and you get into that higher end maybe we can really turn up the volume on it okay sounds good that sounds awesome all right secure thanks so much thank you all right i was about to call you by your name but wait, no, you don't it's all right people know it by now it's cool <laughs> Uh, Schmidt or Schmitty? Either way. All right, Schmitty, bro. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all ours. Thank you. Thank you.